And we are back in the FN universe. Black power thinking. Welcome back, Dr. Moore. Peace to the God. Peace to the universe. You know, we spoke of um, substance abuse and we spoke of uh, demons and we spoke of how the two really don't mix and one may enhance and uh, detach you from reality and you'll have extreme situations like that of Noah Green. Um, It certainly will cause some tragedies. So ironically, this uh, week, I think on Thursday, Virginia, the first state below the Mason-Dixon line, has um, legalized marijuana. Um, There is some notion in some parts of the medical community that believe that um, this is a relief not only for medical problems, some medical problems, but maybe even some mental problems. Some of your demons may be relieved by this push to legalize uh, marijuana, but recreational use, somehow to get you to escape being overwhelmed. Um, This is a the final segment for tonight. So just free association. I thought it was interesting how these three things tied together. DMX, his substance abuse problem, his demons. Noah Green may have been um, given some type of drug or whatever it was. His demons caused him to go to some extreme. And now we see states are starting, and here's the first one in the southern region of the United States that has, and we know the southern states are known for being Bible belters, and that's why it was almost impossible to get past in those states. But here we are in the reality of 2021, legalization of marijuana in a southern state. No thoughts on any of that, Dr. Moore? Well, I don't know I have a lot of thoughts on it. Mm -hmm. I think um, my simple thought Mm -hmm. is that um, the Bible Belt thumpers are white folks Hmm. whose kids have been affected by drugs. Hmm. And I think it's it's easier for them to now empathize um, when they see their kids Mm -hmm. suffering from the atrocities of drug addiction. Mm -hmm. Um, Where in the early 90s, when it was presumably uh, mostly affecting Black people, Mm -hmm. that they were animals and they they were just drug um, afflicted that they should be treated like animals and they should be locked away. Right. Where their, their kids um, being uh, hooked on opiates and, hmm. and, and drugs, they now can start to humanize. Um, Call it an epidemic. Yeah. So it, it gets a whole new treatment. It gets a whole new name, and oh, you know legislation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny, brother. And I had to look up what was the origin of the Mason-Dixon line. I I used to always hear my mother say Mason-Dixon line, and um, it, it was these um, Southern states. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have the Midwest. You have the Northeast where New York City is. So anything below D.C. is considered South. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah. 
Uh, so, 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 I know you and I had the whole argument about the, mm-hmm. the <coughs> three fifths uh, compromise and all that. Yes, sir. But again, what what happened was during Abraham Lincoln's administration was you had before America had states they were considered colonies, right? And so you had thirteen colonies, mm-hmm. but the col but but. The, the colonies were about to uh, split. Right. And he didn't want that. But the leader of those colonies were Virginia. Yes, sir. Right. And and so right Virginia being the Mason Mason Dixon line, that was that was the north, that was the divide between the north and the south. Mm. So all these southern states wanted to split from the Union. Right, and the Union was the United States. That's the U- The Union is the United States. Right, and they said, "Forget that." You know, right. South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, Alabama, Georgia, all those Southern states were like, "Boom, no, we want to." You know, we're going to split from the Union. Right, and Abraham Lincoln was like, "This can't happen during my administration." Right, you know, the I, I can't allow. What we broke away from England hmm. to do, you know, and now we split, hmm. and so that's why they went to war. They went right. to war because they were like, no, they they in order to preserve the union, right? Then we we have to go to war, right? Because because the North was like, you know. Agriculture and all that stuff was 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 fine. We all needed it, mm-hmm. you know, in the beginning of building this country. Right. But now that we're advancing from agriculture to um um in, industrial right. in, 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 in industrialization, we don't need as many field hands. Right. And the South was like, well, you know, our money is in our crop. Hmm. And we need, we still need these slaves. Hmm. And so the North was like, well, okay, fine. It's not like we're in favor of the slaves, but, you know, we don't, you know, we're not going to advocate that you all continue to do that. Right. But the South was like, this is our bread and butter. Right. This is how we make our money. Right. This is how we make our money. And so, and, and because that was the case, the North and the South began to be at war with one another. So the Confederates and the Union right. now went to war because it was about survival for them. Right. It was about survival because the South felt like there's no way we can survive without having our slaves. Hmm. The North was like, we don't, we don't really, you know, right. we don't really care about the black people. Right. But we don't really, but we don't really need them as a field hand here. Right. Because you had places like New York and Pittsburgh and yeah. Philadelphia and all these other places that were um, creating textile, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know, and, and, and industrialization. So they, yeah. they they were creating factories. And they had slaves, but they weren't for agriculture. They they were for domestic um, servitude rather than yeah. agriculture. There yeah. were ten thousand slaves in New York City. Uh, during the um, Civil War. And you had free slaves in New York City. Hmm. That's right. The Freedman Association, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And and so you you had black people that were trying to escape to places in the North, which is why I sent you um, that that clip by David Banner, Mm -hmm. because there was a contract early on Mm-hmm. That if you went to the north and you got free, there was a responsibility that you had, right? And that was either your responsibility was either to come back, right, and free everybody else, or your responsibility was to come back and give back, right? And it wasn't. But what ended up happening was <clears throat> people went north and then came back and looked down on people in the south, right? And that where that's where the friction began. Another interesting thing, the bounty hunters originated from the southern people 
going up to the north and uh getting those slaves back that were and trying to bring them back down south right and even the northerners were being paid by the south like if you see some blacks even if they weren't they didn't escape there they got their papers your papers got torn up and you were sent back to the south you never even you were born in new york and your ass was sent back to the south to be a slave yeah. They disregarded your papers, anything that you had that had legal rights. Right. Well, well you got to think about it. That's why Frederick Douglass had to change his name. That is correct. That is correct. Yeah. Interesting enough, uh, our subject continues because now we are in the technical revolution. Tech stocks are taking over, brother. And we don't need industry in America, we can import shit from China, Taiwan, Japan, all of these um, low-income states that that maybe abuse their workers. We South America, we can get all of our industry stuff from them, and we are more into business and finance and tech. Well, you, 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 you I think you're showing your age, bro. Yeah, that bro. means that you have lived long enough. <laughs> to have experienced the agriculture I only read it in a book, brother. I'm 27, and that's my story. Okay. <laughs> well, somebody, somebody like you, right? Right. Has has lived three lifetimes. They they live long enough three to have score. experienced somewhat of the agricultural industry, somewhat of the the the, the tech the uh, industry uh, era, and now living in what we call the um tech the, the, the tech world <laughs> and, and and if you're old enough to remember all three of them that says a lot about how old you might be <laughs> and i would say that you, you probably have lived not you bad not, about yourself not, brother <laughs> and and i not, not saying you of course but if not. but but if you have lived at least 50 years <laughs> Then you know about all three of those. I got my papers, brother. That say I'm 27. <laughs> I want to see those papers so I can rip them up. You're gonna do a further and investigation. I, I, I'm gonna rip them up and take you. I'm take you personally take back to South back Carolina. To South. I'm gonna personally take you back to South Carolina. You gonna make me choke on my own spit, they, brother? They they got a they got a plantation waiting on you <laughs> right there on waiting. Market Street. <laughs> And you know what's funny about Market Street? Mm, that's is, where they is, sold the slaves. That's where they sold the slaves, bro. Right That's there. where they sold the slaves. That's right where next they sold to the slaves. governor's mansion. Yeah. And let me tell you, here's a funny story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember getting in trouble mm-hmm. and going to court. And, and I, I can't remember what the charge was. But anyway, mm-hmm. I, I got in trouble while in South Carolina. And mm-hmm. I caught this charge. And um, part of my um, sentence was probation. Mm-hmm. And part of the probation, uh, in addition to the probation, was community service. And and so I remember working at that courthouse and working wow. at um, working at that courthouse and working at the building that was directly from the courthouse, which is where they sold the slaves. Right. And it's and, still and there. It's still there. And that's why they call it Market Street. Right. Because Market Street was where they marketed the slaves. Sold the niggas. Right. And and here's the thing. I, what I remember is, it, it, is they had like a little archive there. Mm-hmm. And I was able to go through that archive and look at those pictures. And I could see, I could see pictures of where they used to sell the slaves. Yeah. I, I saw the pictures my, myself. And that, that okay. wooden shed door is still right there. Yep. Yep. And the movie theater is behind that somewhere. We used to go yep. get drunk. <laughs> we not we weren't even conscious of our history that right next to the movie theater, or right behind the movie theater, uh, or in front of the movie theater was this place where they sold slaves. Yep. Wow. 
Um, well, I can't. I, I can't say that I ever got drunk there because I didn't right. drink. You, um, you but... had some type of consciousness. I don't know where you got that from, but um, you had some type of consciousness. But um, you were saying that that your mother and your family was such um drunks that um you were turned off by. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. My mom drank um a lot. Wow. Um and well I never knew my father, mm-hmm. but my mom drank a lot. And all of my um my mom, my uncles, my aunts, all of them drink. Wow. Um and when they drank they fought. Right. And and that's still going I, on. Yep, and I was so turned off by that that I hated alcohol and I wanted to burn every liquor store in the world. Mm. Yeah. Careful with those extremes, brother. Yep. <laughs> yep. But um, I was talking to, um, last week on our podcast about maybe avoiding watching the George Floyd trial because you're going to have some triggers. Um, because this is a case about racism, and some white folks don't even believe it is about racism. It was about trying to control this nigger. And that, to them, is not racism. But back on our subject, we are entering a, um, a world of technical savvy being at the forefront of financial wealth building um, on an individual level and as a collective United States and being competitive with the world of finance and technology. Um, Interestingly enough, speaking of medication, I read an article today because I'm investing in all of these stocks that Johnson and Johnson, the same people that gave you the cancerous talcum powder incident, have now hired emergent business systems, something like the EBS. And this company fucked up 15 million doses of COVID vaccine. 50 million doses. And the stock dropped like a hot penny. Brother, so I'm reading the article, and the reason that they fucked up those 50 million doses that they were supposed to sell to the United States, um, it's a place in Maryland called EBS. I don't know if you've ever seen it or heard or drove by it. Um, That's where they process the COVID vaccine for Johnson and Johnson. Strangely enough, the same company that's doing all of the um, makeup of the COVID vaccine for um, Johnson and Johnson is doing a makeup of the COVID vaccine type for AstraZeneca. Now, AstraZeneca has been in all types of lawsuits for um, having uh, creating cancer in their medications, medications that have side effects that have caused cancer. That's another way, a proper way of saying it. <coughs> Bless you. Now, these these two companies, the reason that those doses, um, fifty million doses, got messed up, is because the people weren't trained properly at the EBS site. Probably played just minimum wage. And they should have been qualified people. They were mixing up the AstraZeneca COVID that takes two doses with the um, Johnson and Johnson COVID vaccine that takes one dose. So they had to throw out all 50 million doses because they couldn't differentiate them. Now, if they messed up like that in one plant, do we have a right to be paranoid? about taking this and I only bring that up to say we're at the 19 minute mark and I'm gonna let you have 10 minutes on the last word on anything that you want to speak on but they're now making it 
trying to um, consider making it mandatory in the legislature of the United States and several other countries, particularly European countries, that you have to have a COVID vaccine passport in order to leave the state and probably maybe certainly for the country if you travel aboard you're going to have to have this paper it's going to be an electronic paper nonetheless it's not going to be like the slaves were carrying but if you don't have that electronic passport that says that you've been vaccinated you will not be allowed in other countries and perhaps in other states within your own country and certainly other cities your thoughts on any of this uh, or anything that you want to talk about, brother. We're at the twenty-minute mark in DF University. Well, it, this is not complicated for me. Here, here's what I think: if, and I know the minister um, has um, uh, suggested, recommended, or advocated that people not get a COVID shot. Yes, sir. I I feel like this. Um, if you if you drink, if you smoke, if you eat beef, hmm. if you eat if you eat pork, hmm. um, if if you do any of those things, I think if you eat vegetables. <laughs> the last thing you should be worried about is 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 a vaccination shot. Hmm. Um. To be honest with you, I, I, if, I mean, if you want to make an argument about Johnson Johnson making a mistake, if you're eating beef, I can't tell you the mistakes that they have made with the animals that you're eating, mm-hmm. with the injections that they have put in those animals. Mm-hmm. If you eat chicken, if you eat, if 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 you eat any meat mm-hmm. whatsoever, right. You know, and if you drink vegetables. alcohol, if if you smoke, right? I, I, it's hard for me to have a intelligent conversation with you mm-hmm. if you just want to not take the vaccine. I, I simply say, if you don't want to take, it, just don't take it. Right. But if, if to me, there's no um, quantifier in saying, oh, you shouldn't take the vaccine because this. Right. I, hey, look, it, look. Here's what I know for sure. You ain't got to take the vaccine. But I do know if you get COVID and you got some health issues, mm. you're going to die. You're going to die. Mm. So, so it, it, to me, here's an option. You know, get the shot and live. And pray to or your God. Get, or not pray to your God, but get, because here's the thing. It's like saying you're going to have sex, right? Mm-hmm. Right, you're gonna use protection on that or not use protection. Mm-hmm. Right, it, protection is not going to guarantee you you're not gonna get a virus or you're not going to catch something. It's just a 99 percent or 98 percent or 97 percent chance that you aren't. Right, mm-hmm. so use the protection or not use the protection. That's how I look at the vaccine. The vaccine is a protection. Right. You you can either take it and use the protection, or let it alone, or let it alone. You know, or because the reality is, I mean, you're gonna slide in, regardless. And what I mean by slide in is you you're gonna go outside, you're gonna interact with people, and if you do, you're either gonna be protected or you're not. So does people like Minister Farrakhan and? the ideology of the nation create paranoid heads um i i i think it depends on how extreme you are hmm. um yes yes and no um the minister is i love the minister i i'm telling you i i do yes sir but um as much as i love the minister as much as I love the teachings, for me, um, you know, I don't take none of that stuff literal. I used to take it literal. Right. 
but it's not literal for me anymore. Right. You had to ground yourself. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, do I believe in the mother plane? No, I don't believe in the mother plane. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. no, I don't. You know, but face, do I believe I make we my only own got ride. 144,000 seats left. Yeah, I'm I'm good with that, bro. I, I'm I, I'm I'm God. I create my own. I, you know, I I create my own. I well, do maybe myself. you would like to give a donation so that some other deserving brother or sister can take your place in heaven. Yeah, I got five. You got five thousand. I I got five dollars for you, bro. <laughs> five thousand. Yeah, I got like I said, I got five. I got five dollars for you, bro. Of course, I'm being facetious. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. You know, but, but, and listen, man, I wanted you, you know, to give a psychological caveat to everybody, no matter what you believe. About what? No matter what you believe, uh, um, <clears throat> about staying grounded. I think we well, talked about that before I interrupt you, so forgive me. I I well let me just say this. Um I don't know if this is a psychological caveat or not, but you know, um I grew up in Islam, um, Orthodox Islam, you know, and then uh, meeting you uh, with the nation of Islam. And having that experience, what I have ultimately come to learn is that, you know, I no longer believe in titles as it relates to Islam. Um, I think the the nation of Islam, I think the Orthodox Islam, I think both of them are great religions, but I think that they are just what they are. The benefit to me in terms of the nation as it relates to Orthodox Islam is that the nation of Islam gives you a real reality check. Mm. It, it kind of removes you from the spookism mm. that you thought you was getting away from in Christianity, mm. but you run into it again in Orthodox Islam, because spookism is definitely there, but the nation of Islam kind of removes you from that. And then but, replaces it with one of their own, <laughs> ironically. Yep, yep, yep. And so, and while it does do that, the five percent nation kind of kind of becomes more uh, progressive, and mm. and even removing that spookism, mm. right? So it's like, but then so the, then the okay, I'm gonna let you finish first. Well, well, I, the, the the difference is is when you get to the five percent, while they remove all the spookism and understand who God truly is. The part that they lack is the discipline, mm. and 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 that's where I think that the five percent goes wrong mm. is that they get the reality of who God really is, but then they lack the discipline and discipline to God because they, and they so the no God have a belief. Well, they have a belief, but the belief doesn't have no discipline, and you can't have a effective belief without having discipline. Mm. And that's why God, in in that sense, then becomes, you know, arm, leg, leg, arm, head. Mm. But that arm, leg, leg, arm, head has no discipline. Mm. And God has to have discipline. Yes, sir. And we are at the 29-minute mark in DFN Universe. Black Power Thinking. With a little bit of humor tonight. In this last segment, certainly. Um, believe what you want to believe. And uh, do what you want to do. But stay grounded, people. Don't let the things that we see from racism take your eye off the prize. We have to become self-motivated and self-corrected. Because... This is a tough world out here, and it can be overwhelming. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I think, you know, for, even for a person like me, I mean, 
you know, I, I know I I think I come from the lowest of lows. Um, you know, but but and have experienced a lot of things. But um yeah, again, and, and so I come to a point in my life where um you know, I don't I I don't consider myself any particular set right. of 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 Muslim because I want to be able to go any place in the Islamic world right. and, and and be accepted. Right. So I just say that 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 I'm that I'm Muslim and I raise my I raise my kids, my son and my daughter. Um, I didn't their mom is Christian, I'm Muslim, mm-hmm. but I didn't I didn't raise my kids to be Christian or right. Muslim. Right. I, I raised my kids just to believe in God. Right. And I don't, and even to this day, I don't know that I did the right thing or the wrong thing um, in terms of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, because religion for a lot of people gives them their discipline. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think my kids' discipline comes, comes more from me than it comes from anything else. Mm-hmm. Right. You Isn't know, yeah. You know, and 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 being consistent, right? And so my my struggle, or my challenge, you know, was always making sure that I was the example, or tried to be the example of discipline that I wanted them to see. So I I tried very hard not to be a hypocrite. Mm. You know, so I made sure that I was try that I was gonna try to be there every mm. day. That I was gonna try to be the person. That I told them that I that they needed to be, and so that was my, um, you know, not so much as uh, religion, but more of a manifestation of 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 truth to them. Mm. You know, not in saying, but in doing. Mm. You know, and, and you know, so today was a highlight for me. In that, you know, my son got his first job interview today, Get out of here. and and got got his first job interview and got his first job Get today. Get out of here! Tell him I said congratulations. Yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. he, um, yeah, and so he, he came to me today and he was like, "So, Dad, now, and and, and here's the intelligent piece to me, mm-hmm. right? Because he said, Dad, I'm now going to have two sources of income." Mm. Right. He ain't giving up and, on and the, the first thought. <laughs> right. But the fact that he utilized that type of terminology, right, right that, that I'm going to have two sources of income. So he said, so I'm going to continue to cut the grass, mm. right, so that I can make that money. But I'm also going to have this new mm. money coming from Panera because that, that was his job interview. Awesome. And that's where he got the job. And, and now, prior to him doing that, <clears throat> I, I said, when he came in earlier today, he said he was so excited. He was like, "Dad, I got this interview today at five <laughs> o'clock at Panera." Blah, blah, blah. I said, "Okay," and um, and and so I said, "Okay." Um, I went into his room. I said, "Look, I want you to come downstairs, you know, to my mm-hmm. office, and I want a pre-interview." Mm-hmm. And so I brought him. He said, "Okay." I, I, he got dressed, mm-hmm. had his whole attire on for what he was going <laughs> to wear to the interview and everything. Mm-hmm. Came in, I said, okay. I said, um, so I look, I said, I'm looking at your application. I said, so Mr. Moore, tell me a little bit about mm-hmm. it. And he was like, he was speedballing. He was, <laughs> he was all excited. And I was like, you know, hold on. You're answering that question. Now. I said, here's how I want you to think about mm-hmm. it. You know, and then I just started picking mm-hmm. him, picking his brain, asking him questions like, what would make you an, an attribute? What would make you an act an access to, to, to this hmm. company? You know, uh, what position would you like? What's your what's your strength? What's your weaknesses? Mm-hmm. And you know, I just started picking them. And by the time I got I, I spent about 40 minutes doing that with 40, 50 minutes mm-hmm. with him. And after that, I could see him relax. Right. And seeing him like, okay, okay, dad, I think I'm ready. Okay, dad, I think I'm ready. Right. And he went in and I texted mm. him on his way there. I said, you know, good luck, son. You know, good <laughs> luck, son. And he texted me back like 15 minutes later and said, Dad, I got wow. it. Wow. 
That's awesome. Yep. He growing up, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> 17. Wow. 17. First yep. job. Yep. Well, second job. Yeah. 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 And you know, what was interesting is that, you know, last weekend um, was spring break. So we um, we started out by going to the mountains. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so we spent uh, like a whole um day or hours in the mountains like you know going up up and down the mountains and so i spent a lot of time with him just talking with him because he and i you know we were in front of his mom and my daughter they were in the back you know barely getting along (laughs) barely climbing the mountains they just like struggling so he and i were just like you know you know coming coming down the mountains going up the mountains and just you talking, mm-hmm. and it, it it was interesting, man. Because what you begin to realize is that you you look at it, and for me, particularly because of what I do for a living, you know, I always look at the psychological stages of development yeah. of human beings. But in watching him, you know, it's interesting because um, watching him grow from where he was as a kid, and then elementary, and then now. You know, it is it it, it is amazing yep. because it's almost like it's almost like watching watching a grooming my best right friend. stages of development we've been yeah. talking about yeah. since the beginning of this podcast. Yeah, it, it's it's um definitely amazing to see. Um, yeah. I'd like to come back for a bonus round. We're at the 37 minute mark in DF and Universe. Just 10 minutes because I wanted to hear about your experience <clears throat> in New York. Did it get better than that first day? <laughs> if you got 10 minutes, I didn't want to leave that out of this podcast. I, I think I got 10 Okay, minutes. we'll be right back in DF and Universe. Peace to the universe. Peace. And and we back back DF and universe. When we last left our hero, he was in the midst of trying to take over New York City. Um, wasn't so good the first day in terms of directions. What happened after that, brother? Um. <laughs> I I failed um <laughs> uh what's the word I'm looking for? I I failed uh immensely <laughs> as I have um historically in New York. I have historically hated New York. Um and I You'll continue to that hate, your problem right there, brother. And I continue to hate New York. There's nothing about any trip that I've taken to me to New York that has made me feel any different. <laughs> well, next time we'll take you to the Bronx, brother. <laughs> well, I've been to the Bronx. Um, you see that little short video I sent you? I, I saw that. That <laughs> I needed to delete uh, immediately as a watcher. That is so true, brother. You, you know it. The Bronx is full of criminals and fucking foster homes like DMX was in. And you're trafficking children and fucking doing all, uh, turning them into criminals. But go ahead, man. We we digress. What happened? Uh, Well, uh, again, uh, you know. Did you apologize? (laughs) Yeah, I did. Thank you. I did. Um, the next morning when I got up, um, I called both of my kids in, into the room mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> made sure that they heard me apologize to their mom for um, uh, exploding. Um, that was nice, brother. Really, it was. Um, and my daughter reminded me to make sure that um, <laughs> Her mom heard the apology, so she said, "Well, um, did you apologize to mom?" I'm like, "We're all in the room together." 
And I specifically asked you and your brother because we had two different rooms. Like, right. Like, my wife and I had a room, and they had a room. But we were right next door to one of them. So I said, I specifically called you all over so you could hear me apologize to your mom. Um, and so I said that, you know, I'm sorry about exploding, you know, because I thought that we were in Brooklyn, but I now understand that we were not actually in Brooklyn. So, um, <laughs> You know, my behavior was was wrong and inappropriate. Mm -hmm. But um, man, look, I've been married for good examples for them to see you. Uh, Yeah, I don't know, bro. Look, I've been married for over sixteen years, bro. It ain't easy. Yeah, bro. I'm like, you know, if you don't want to put in the work, the marriage is not gonna work, bro. Let me tell you something. That's the that's the thing, bro. Because you know, my wife sometimes feel like, you know, things are supposed to be natural. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, you know, like, if you, this is supposed to be natural, I'm like, who told you that? <laughs> like, I don't know where that lie came from. Like, that is the worst lie ever that you believe in. <laughs> you know, this is supposed to be natural. And it's not. It's not. It's not natural. It's, it's You know, being married to somebody is not a natural thing. Being... <laughs> Attracting to somebody every day is not a natural thing. It's it's not natural, right. you know. It's it's you gotta you gotta work. It's like right. And, and and what I do for a living, you know, is therapy. Is I'm I'm telling you that if you don't come here, you're not naturally going to get help. Right. It's, it's not natural. It's, you don't put in the work or seek help. It is not going to naturally happen. You you're not naturally going to get better. You know, but my wife is like, but it's, it shouldn't be so hard. I'm like, what? <laughs> Who told you that lie? They lied to you. It's almost like telling you Jesus is coming back. That's a lie. <laughs> you know, thinking you're just going to naturally go to heaven because you believe. Mm-hmm. That's a, it's a freaking lie. The rapture, brother. <laughs> stop. Stop that freaking foolishness. That's a lie. And if you got $5,000, I'll get you a seat in the front room. Yeah, bro. Anything in life, bro, that you're gonna have, you have to work for. Lost again? No. Uh -uh. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Did you make it to the Statue of Liberty? Yeah. So what happened? (laughs) We spent about three hours at the Statue of Liberty. Did you get inside? No, you couldn't go inside because of COVID. Okay. Well, I I've been on the inside because I right. because I lived in New York, and so that was one of the things that I would do mm-hmm. um, is is go there and right. and and go. But I was so young, and and when I was there, I was like, wow, you know, it it, it has been like maybe twenty five, thirty years since I've actually been in here mm-hmm. or been over here. But I didn't even realize that because I was looking at my seventeen year old son saying, wow, I was about his age. When mm. I did this, wow! And wow. just and just watching him now, you know, and and you know, we took a lot of pictures while we were there. We ate that nasty food, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, it was you know we we did the um, whole Statue of Liberty, um, but you know what's interesting is um, we we stayed we stayed on Thirty Fourth Street next to the um, what is that building that. The Empire State Building. Empire State Building. building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a um, they have a a, a video store, um, not far from there now, where mm-hmm. it's it, it's it's like an arcade, but it's like a modern day ar- arcade. But you when you go in, mm-hmm. um, I think we pay like it was four of us, so it was, we spent about two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. But um, you go in, and you you when you go in, you put on put on these headsets mm-hmm. and you play like they have like three different levels um first floor second floor and a basement floor and you said dave and busters it's like dave and busters right wow it's it's like a dave and busters but it's not dave and busters it's more it's more a contemporary mm-hmm. of, of dave and busters because all wow. these all these games are virtual nice so you got to put on a headset in order to play every game. Right. 
So you're literally like in the freaking game. Wow. That's nice. Yep. And they serve food there? They don't serve food. They serve alcohol, though. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Little self-medication, brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, bro, let me tell you. Get through the day. <laughs> bro, let me tell you something. And you drove back home. Um, You drove here and drove back? Yeah. Wow. But I played that. I played that boxing game, <laughs> bro. Let me win, bro. Let me tell you something. You still got it. I played that boxing game and and, and put that headset on <laughs> and thought I was in a real fight. Wow! I thought I was in a real fight. The dude had to stop me and say, "Man, why are you ducking? Dude can't really hit you." Look, bro. I said, "Man." I took the freaking hit. I took the freaking headset off. I said, man, I'm done. Cause I was about to go through the screen and grab this dude. I I had bruh. You were fully immersed. I was bruh. I I, I was ducking. I, I you know, he I was all sense of reality. Said, and, when they when they put yeah, the flashback. Bruh, when they put those when they put that head thing on you. You can't see nothing around you. It's right. like you literally you in have that to game. literally depend on that new. Yeah, game. yeah. Bro. Wow, it, it was crazy. I, I I played another game that was a, a um a gun game where you were shooting, mm-hmm. and and the uh, targets were coming at you, <laughs> bro. I'm telling you, man. I literally beat myself up. Like I had the guns <laughs> in my hand. But there were people and walls that were coming at me. I and I was stumbling and fumbling all over. I was like, "What the freak?" I was fumbling, man. Maybe that's what happened to Noah Green. Just um, the way that you can become detached from reality if if something else comes in your path, the path of your psyche, bro. I'm telling you, bro. I I couldn't breathe. I, 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 it's, it's like when they put that headset on you, man. Psychologically, what that does to your brain. And I, I told my kids, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm not gonna ever play. I'm not gonna ever do this again. <laughs> I, this is, this is for young people, like people my age. This would I make I almost very serious. Yeah, I almost had a heart attack. I was like, I, I can't do this. I, I you know, I, I can't play these type of games. Right, this ain't you know, a game for me. Yeah, don't, don't I, you know? This is real. Yeah, you put this, you put this crap on my head, I, bro. I, 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 they, I in the future they're gonna be fucking with our heads with that very technology, brother. Not my head, because I'm not gonna <laughs> let them put that shit on my head. <laughs> You got to have your papers, brother. Yeah, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that. And I, I, and I saw, and I said to my kids, both my kids, I said, after playing that game, I said, you know what, I'm not gonna do that again. Hmm. I bet you they got a kick out of it. Yeah, my son was like, Dad. He was it's like, not that serious. My son was like, Dad. He was like, Dad. You was like literally in a fight. He was like. He, he was like you. You. He was like your swings were so quick, so fast. He was, and I was like, man, I'm, you know, at my age to be swinging of my life, you, you, I, and for me to be swinging like that, he was like, hey, dad, you scared me. He had never, he had never seen you me got like triggered, that. brother. He was like, yeah, I did, bro. Psychologically, that shit had me messed up, bro. I was like, I, the dude was like, "You gonna go another round?" I was like, "Man, hell no! Take this shit off my head. I gotta get out of here." I was like, "Man, hell no! I'm not doing this again." Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you find a good restaurant to eat at? I right, so we got lost the first night in Brooklyn, <laughs> but the next night we went. Um, I, I um, <clears throat> had contact with some of my frat brothers. That, mm-hmm. um, that were from New York mm-hmm. for some restaurants, but because of COVID, like it was weird watching um, being in New York during COVID, because we went to Forty Second Street, 
And it was weird because 42nd Street was like completely empty. Like, yep. um, like it's literally unheard of, yeah. You could like I could count all the people on both yep. my hands that were in Times Square. Unheard of. Like there would like literally I could count ten I, people. I literally went there uh, maybe uh, like two weeks ago before James got COVID. And um went to the gym out there and then we sat on um Times Square by the red bleachers and just um sat there and had a conversation. Mm-hmm. But it was empty. Mm-hmm. And that place is never empty. It's yeah. it's literally you are right on top of each other. That's yeah. how many people are on forty seconds. Yeah. yeah. And we and I went there, <clears throat> we caught a cab mm-hmm. at like midnight, like Friday, Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Still nobody. Yep. Nobody. It was it, it was empty. And I was like, wow, this is the craziest thing to be in it Times is. Square. And there's nobody literally here. Yep. Yeah. So that that, did, that was crazy. Did you find a restaurant? Um. So we didn't eat at a restaurant down there. Mm-hmm. We ate before we got to Times Square that night. Mm-hmm. Um. But the next night, um, we actually went to Brooklyn, mm-hmm. to actual Brooklyn, and we um. Found the restaurant on was it Franklinton? I think it was Frank Franklinton Avenue. Um, right off of um, is it East East? What is that? Eastover? Eastern Parkway or East right, New York? Right, right off of Eastern Parkway. Franklin and Eastern Parkway. Yeah, was a, a Jamaican restaurant. It wasn't Jamaican. It was American. Get out of here. Yeah. What was the name of the place? Uh oh man. We were in Crown Heights. Where um <clears throat> Gavin something that guy died. Uh oh man. I don't remember the name of the restaurant. American um, food? Yep, yeah, it was American. Usually a, a bunch of uh Caribbean food places over there, especially there, on there, the East. There were a lot of um, Jewish, uh, right? That's the Jewish neighborhood. Yeah, West Indian restaurants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there were a lot of um, what do you call those type of Jews? Um, Hasidic, Hasidic Jews. There were a lot of Hasidic Jews there. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I can't remember the name of the restaurant. Uh, if I try to go through it with my phone, it's gonna log me out. Right. Um, Don't do it. Yeah. So, but I can't remember the name of it. But it was an American restaurant. Um, wow. But right up, right up at Eastern Parkway. Yeah. Was the food good? My wife didn't like it, but it was okay of for course me. Oh, it's not. I don't know what possessed y'all to come. You know, the gentrification is working in these neighborhoods. It's starting to be more white, but they have not fix the restaurants yet mm-hmm. the um now where you should have went for for um Brooklyn is right where you get off at High Street or even one stop more J Street Borough Hall you got to go back behind Brooklyn Heights they got all the restaurants that you will ever want now I don't even know if they this still open because of COVID but um all of the nice Italian restaurants the um Jewish restaurants, all of the different types of ethnic foods that you want in high-class service is right back there, because Brooklyn Heights is where rich people live. Well, prior to the COVID, mm-hmm. two two years ago when we came, mm-hmm. um, and and the city was really popping, mm-hmm. we there there was a a restaurant I can't remember the name of this restaurant either, mm-hmm. but it was right on the waterfront. And it was really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I think it was like new part of Brooklyn. Right. Um, but it was... Uh, was it Williamsburg? I can't. I, I can't <laughs> allow you to tell you the name of it. But I, I don't remember the name of it. But it was a really, really nice restaurant. Mm-hmm. And it was right on the water. Like right on the battery. 
Wow. Um, but it, it it was really nice. I can't remember the name of it. Nice. Yeah. But, you know, nonetheless, it, it was a, still a good trip for us. Um, mm-hmm. I wish you'd have came when it it wasn't COVID, but it was like the anniversary, yeah. No, well, uh, this is I think this is like the fourth trip for my for uh, my kids Mm -hmm. and I. um, You know, we've come at different um, ages, Mm -hmm. and and so uh, this 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 age this stage for my kids, Mm -hmm. it was um, uh, my son is you know uh, the oldest, so. It was very different for him this time because we had um, we had come two years prior, mm-hmm. and he was fifteen. Mm-hmm. But fifteen to seventeen is a different age. Oh, big gap! Yeah, yep. yeah. So he's so he saw it a little different. My daughter's fourteen, so that means that you know when she was seeing it younger, it, it was a different world for her. So it's seeing it at fourteen for her. And seeing that COVID was really, really different. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I know y'all had wanted to come for Christmas, but COVID was still in full effect then. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that adventure with the effing universe. Um, I'm always curious to know that people have a good time when they come here, especially if I had to recommend something for them. Did did it work out? <laughs> no, none of your recommendations worked out at all. <laughs> they were um, closed, but I told you, don't come yet. Wait yeah. for the summer. Yeah, all, all of those, and then the, the fact that you recommended those uh, <laughs> pizza places did, didn't help because the one on thirty second and eighth. Yeah, but none of my kids are are. are, are you know, they're not fans. pizza people. Yeah, they're not pizza people like that. Oh, okay, they they eat pizza, but you know, New York is famous for pizza. But my kids think they aren't like, oh, let me try New York pizza. They no, they, and, they, they're not into it like that. Not like that. What, yeah. What what's the the go to meal in DC? Man, let me tell you something. When you raise when you raise these bougie ass kids, mm. you, they don't have that. <laughs> They want truffles? They, no, what I'm saying is, <laughs> you, you know, like, you know, like, like you and it, I, or it or, has or to like, be Starbucks or Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> well, you know, my son needs Starbucks like every day. Yeah. Wow, and that yeah. shit is expensive. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, bro. My, these, these kids are different. So you, <laughs> you, you, you know, you talk about a uh, piece of slice. They're like. Oh, Nobody wants that shit. Yeah, it is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well, at, at least so he used to bag wets and uh, whatever. Yeah. Is, and now I'm saying shit. <laughs> yeah. So you know, so a piece of slice is not something that they're gonna be excited about. <laughs> no dirty franks, brother. <laughs> franks is in hot dogs. Yeah. No, no, bro, no, 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 no street meat. <laughs> nah, bro. Nah, nah, them motherfuckers are still out there. <laughs> Take yeah, people yeah. money too. That yeah, should be smelling yeah. good, but it it'll damn sure make you sick. Yeah, bro. We did. There's none of us that not over here. We're not doing that, bro. <laughs> I gotta find something more fancy for you. Well, you'd have went b- back behind Brooklyn Heights. It was plenty fancy over there. That would have been right up your alley. We are at the 21-minute mark in DF and Universe, and that was the bonus round. A little light humor after such a serious night. Rest in peace to DMX, and that police officer at the Capitol was William Billy. I guess that was Billy's nickname for William Evans. Rest in peace. Any last words, Dr. Mark? Nope. Um, peace to the brother DMX. Uh, I think that uh, the brother um, ultimately has come to a place uh, where he ultimately was trying to go. I think that his life struggles were um, 
indicative of ultimately what would happen with him. And I think that he's in a better place. While that might not sound like the most positive thing to, to say, but I, I, but I think that the brother's life um, is worthy of, of peace. And I think that he, I, I think that he has surrendered those demons and freed himself of, of those demons. Amen, brother. Amen. That was right on time, timely. And we'll be back tomorrow night where we plan to take over the world. Inshallah. Inshallah. Peace, Peace. to the universe. Peace to the